This is Guns and Butter. So as you go through it, you see the evidence just gets stronger and stronger and more and more cumulative that the fellow is dead and has been dead for a very long time, and that therefore, as Israeli intelligence uh, predicted, if videos start appearing, this means they're fabrications. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. Today on Guns and Butter, Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show, Osama bin Laden dead or alive. David Ray Griffin is a prolific author, theologian, and lecturer. For the past several years, he has committed himself to exposing the fraud of the official story of the attacks of September 11th. He is author of The New Pearl Harbor, The 9-11 Commission Report, Omissions and Distortions, Christian Faith and the Truth Behind 9-11, Debunking 9-11 Debunking, an answer to popular mechanics and other defenders of the official conspiracy theory, 9-11 Contradictions, and the new Pearl Harbor Revisited, 9-11 The Cover-Up and the Expose. Today we discuss his new book, Osama bin Laden, Dead or Alive. In his new book, Griffin examines all the evidence, both that indicating bin Laden died and that suggesting he is still alive. Today we discuss the important bin Laden videos and audio recordings, the significance, if any, in the timing of their release, statements by significant political figures and intelligence agents, and why the hunt for bin Laden must proceed. David Ray Griffin, welcome. Good to be back with you, Bonnie. I've just finished your latest book, Osama bin Laden, Dead or Alive. You know, a lot of us like to sort of laugh and ridicule some of these videos and audio tapes of Osama bin Laden as if they're fakes. But it's been eight years since September 11th. Why, in your opinion, is the question of whether or not Osama bin Laden is still alive important? Well, obviously, um, the hunt for bin Laden has been the major pretext for selling the ongoing war in Afghanistan, which has now expanded into Pakistan, so it's widely called the AFPAC war, um, selling this to the American people as something we have to do because we have to finally get the people who attacked us on 9-11 and uh, prevent them uh, from attacking us again. And... uh, the mainstream media continues to support the notion uh, that bin Laden is still alive. So um, Obama, as president, has to fulfill the pledge he made during the campaign to finally get the people. That was part of the reason he gave for pulling out of Iraq. He says, you know, they, they didn't attack us on 9-11, but the people who did are in Afghanistan or along the Afghan-Pakistan border. And so we need to pull troops and resources out of Iraq to put them into Afghanistan and Pakistan to get them. And so, obviously, if we can uh, get across the point that uh, Osama bin Laden is uh, dead, um, that's of great importance. And uh, furthermore, if we can uh, get across the further point 
that since he has been dead, uh, the evidence strongly suggests since December of 2001, that means in the intervening years, somebody has been fabricating Osama bin Laden audio tapes and videotapes in order to keep the so-called war on terror going. And that is uh, obviously extremely important. It is illegal. Say, if this is the military doing this, it is illegal for the military to propagandize the American public. But if these are military intelligence uh, operations, uh, what are known as psyops or psychological operations, uh, directed at the American people, that is, that is illegal. So there are many reasons this is important. In your book, Osama bin Laden, Dead or Alive, you examine all of the evidence, both that indicating he died and that suggesting he is still alive. After looking at it all closely, what is your conclusion? Is he dead? And if so, when did he die? It does appear that uh, he is dead. There is certainly considerable evidence that he is dead. Uh, that he died in uh, December of 2001, and in fact about uh, December 13th or 14th. And then all the evidence that uh, he is still alive, which consists solely of these audio tapes and videotapes, um, none of them can be authenticated. Of course, the, the CIA will repeatedly tell us, oh yes, they're authentic, and the news media will parrot that. But um, there is no proof that any of them are authentic, and there is very strong evidence that some of them are fakes. And so if some of them are fakes, that uh, leads to the suspicion that they're all fakes. Well, uh, let's start with a description of the last bin Laden video aired by Al Jazeera television that is without question the real Osama bin Laden. That is the video aired on December 27, 2001. What does bin Laden say, and how does he appear? Um, in this video, as you say, it's the last one that's uncontested, and nobody would challenge that this is really Osama bin Laden, and he was very gaunt. Uh, he was very thin. He even had uh, frosting, uh, a frosted appearance. This was uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta made this point on uh, CNN. And um, his uh, left arm seemed to be immobile. It appeared, uh, Gupta said, that he had had a stroke. And um, a stroke is a very common feature for somebody who has uh, renal failure. That is, he had kidney failure, it appeared, and uh, there were um, reports that he had uh, gone to the hospital in Dubai in July of 2001, the American hospital, and was treated by an American doctor. There are reports that he brought home one or two dialysis uh, machines this was reported by uh, Le Figaro, the well-known French publication, and also by President uh, then uh, President Musharraf of uh, Pakistan. So the evidence was very strong that he had kidney failure and that indeed he was on his last uh, legs. That was Gupta's analysis. And then shortly thereafter, this was Paula Zahn who was doing these interviews, she brought on 
Peter Bergen, the well-known expert on uh, terrorism, and he gave essentially the same analysis, um, saying definitely this was Osama bin Laden, um, but that his appearance was uh, very different in the sense that he was much frailer and thinner than the Osama that he had interviewed uh, sometime uh, earlier. Well, when would this video have been filmed, and how do we know the time frame? What we know for sure uh, about this video as to when it was made was that it was made before December 27th, because that's when it was aired by Al Jazeera, and that it had been made sometime after November 16th, because... uh, Bin Laden on the video referred to uh, the bombing of the mosque at Coast, a uh, place in Afghanistan, which had taken place on uh, November 16th, and he referred to that as having occurred uh, a few days ago. So um, the most precise way to talk about this video is as the uh, post-November 16th video, although it's also known as the video that was released on December 27th. Osama bin Laden's voice had been detected regularly by intelligence operatives monitoring radio transmissions in Tora Bora. When did these interceptions cease? Well, this is one of the strongest pieces of evidence that uh, that bin Laden died at that time because, um, as you say, this was a regular occurrence. They were They were keeping pretty close tabs on uh, calls both to and from bin Laden, and they suddenly came to an end on uh, about December 13th or 14th. And there's nobody who disputes this. Uh, The CIA does not dispute it. Everybody admits there has been no word, uh, in this sense of a word, from bin Laden uh, since that time. And so that's one of the bits of evidence that he did die at at about that time. Well, if the interceptions of Osama bin Laden's communications ended around December 13th, I believe that some reporting in Pakistan and other places regarding a funeral for Osama bin Laden would have put his death right around that time, December 13th. Is that right? That's right. The funeral was reported uh, for December 15th. And in Muslim countries, um, it's customary to bury the dead very quickly, either uh, the next day, certainly within two days. So if if there was the funeral, and this was announced in a Pakistani newspaper, it was picked up in an Egyptian newspaper, it was even, of all things, picked up by Fox News. Now, you haven't heard about this for many, many years, but at that time, interestingly enough, it was okay to suggest that uh, maybe bin Laden was dead. Uh, If you've read my book, you know that uh, there were lots of reports in uh, 2002 of very, uh, you know, respected and respectable people suggesting that bin Laden was either probably dead or definitely dead. Uh, But that came to an end. So it's kind of shocking to look back now and realize that Fox News, Fox News of all things, uh, picked up this report that bin Laden's funeral was held. 
Well, that's right. You know, it's been eight years, and uh, and I forgot about all of this reporting. I probably wasn't aware of all of it, but of course, this wasn't that unusual in 2002. As you say, there were quite a few reports of his possible or probable death. Yes. Um, one of these uh, people was Dale Watson. He was the head of the uh, FBI's counterterrorism division. He said he was strongly convinced uh, that bin Laden was dead. Uh, Ollie North, Oliver North of uh, Ron Contra uh, notoriety, um, who has remained in you know in those circles and <laughs> intelligence circles, um, he was interviewed by Philip Sheenan of uh, the New York Times, and North said uh, that with regard to bin Laden that that he was dead, and he even used the word absolutely. He was absolutely convinced he was dead. And he said, so are all the people that I stay in touch with. Hamid Karzai, uh, president of Afghanistan, said he thought bin Laden uh, was probably dead. Even Israeli intelligence, and we generally lift up Israeli intelligence as being uh, the best in the world, at least along with uh, U.S. intelligence, when it hasn't been told to, to screw up. Um, and the Israeli intelligence said he's dead. And so any new messages that come from bin Laden are fabrications. Well, you can't get clearer than that. And then even, you know, uh, Bush and um, one of his aides, White House aides, uh, said it's quite likely that bin Laden was dead. Uh, Rumsfeld, always the joker, you know, he said, well, the one thing we know about bin Laden is he's either dead or alive, ha, 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 and he got a big laugh from the press, so he repeated that joke uh, again. Uh, Ken Keith, who was the uh, head of the uh, command in that area, he said he thought bin Laden was, was probably dead. So um, it, was, it was something quite um, acceptable to say in those days. And then the stories died down. You got hardly anything in 2003, but then you started getting these uh, bin Laden tapes. So somewhere along the way, it looks like, you know, we really need this guy (laughs) alive. And uh, all those stories about that he was uh, definitely dead or probably dead disappeared until uh, late last year, Robert Baer, who's um former CIA operative. He had written the book that um, the film Syriana was somewhat uh, loosely based on. And um, he's now become a commentator for both uh, Time Magazine and for uh, MSNBC News. So he's become quite a well-known figure. Well, he was being interviewed last year on uh, Fresh Air. And just in passing, he mentioned that uh, bin Laden was dead. And uh, pretty soon she came back and says, I want to go back to that comment. What do you, you, you said you think bin Laden's dead. And Bear said, of course he's dead. And um, then he, he said, you know, he just disappeared and referred to the fact that these interceptions by the CIA just suddenly came to an end and there was no further word. He said, you know, he just, it was like he fell off the edge of the earth. And he says, this doesn't happen. This has never happened where the CIA simply lost track of somebody, permanently lost track of somebody that they were, that they were tracking. 
And he further reported that uh, he had then taken a poll among uh, several people who are still in the CIA and asked them, who were supposed to be on the trail of bin Laden, and asked them if they could say for certain uh, that bin Laden was still alive. And he said not a single one of them would say that. I'm speaking with author and theologian Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show, Osama bin Laden, Dead or Alive? I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. You also mention in your book that in 2004, Donald Rumsfeld said that Osama bin Laden hadn't been seen alive on video since 2001. So he and George Bush uh, clearly were making noises early on about the possible probable death of Osama bin Laden. Yeah, and you know, it's almost as if somebody took that as a hint and said, oh, he hasn't been seen on video, <laughs> we need to produce some videos <laughs> so people can see that bin Laden is still alive. And uh, so, um, as you see from the timeline of the videos, um, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, videos started appearing, and uh, one of the most famous of these, of course, was the October Surprise video, of 2004, which came just uh, four days between the uh, presidential election, and uh, you recall it was neck and neck with uh, Kerry and Bush, and in fact uh, Kerry was widely predicted to win. And uh, here comes this video with Osama bin Laden talking badly about George Bush, and uh, of course that would make Bush more popular with the American people. Well, if bin Laden hates Bush, I'm going to vote for Bush. And um, sure enough, it seemed to have a, make a big difference. Uh, both uh, Bush himself and Kerry attributed Bush's victory uh, to a large extent uh, to this video. Now, you and I know <laughs> it also had to do with cheating, stealing the vote in Ohio. But to steal a vote and... Um, you know, to make it look like that Bush really could have won, honestly, um, the gap between the two couldn't be too large. Uh, it was still significant, the difference between the election uh, polling, when they uh, asked people, who'd you vote for? And they said, it suggested that, that Kerry won handily. But without this video, uh, he would have won probably by several more percentage points, and uh, the, the idea that Bush had really won would have been completely unbelievable rather than just uh, strongly unbelievable. And uh, so the video seemed to have made a difference and made it possible for uh, them to call the election for Bush uh, without uh, challenging and, and thinking that there was uh, voter fraud with these uh, machines. So... Um, this was one of many, many examples where uh, tapes showed up at a time that was very convenient for the Bush administration. Could you talk some more about this October 29, 2004 
studio video of Osama bin Laden, the video that has become known as the October Surprise video, which you mentioned. Now, this was unlike some other uh, former videos of bin Laden. This was done in a studio, wasn't it? That's right. No, no cave there. He, uh, it was <laughs> a pretty polished uh, presentation. He was very well-dressed. He looked like a professor. He he looked um, much healthier than he had uh, back at the end of 2001. He didn't look like a guy who uh, had had a stroke or uh, was suffering from kidney disease. He looked quite healthy. Also, his um, his message was so different from the messages of the real Bin Laden. And this is a point that has been stressed by uh, Professor Lawrence, who's the the world's experts on the messages of bin Laden. And he's analyzed them for their content. And this includes, uh, in particular, their theological content. And, of course, myself being a theologian, I was very interested in this. When you go back and listen to the authentic bin Laden tapes, you see, he's very pious, he's very theistic. Um, God is really controlling the events of the world. Now, there are human actors, but but as bin Laden puts it, God used, you know, it's, it's very biblical in this sense. Um, in this uh, 2004 video, um, God is no longer the agent. Uh, the agents are, are human beings. This bin Laden figure even says, your security is in your own hands. Now, I'm sure that for bin Laden himself, that would have been arch heresy. From his point of view, our security is in the hands of God, in the hands of Allah, not in our own hands. And another thing that's remarkable, he always mentions God or Allah many, many times per minute <laughs> when he's speaking. And also uh, the prophet Muhammad, blessed be his name. His name is peppered through his speeches. Well, in this speech, it was uh, over 2,200 words. And uh, the word God appears only 12 times. And the only mention of Muhammad was Muhammad Atta. <laughs> I don't think you will ever find another, uh, you know, a real bin Laden video in which the Prophet Muhammad uh, is simply not mentioned at all. So then you're saying that both the character of his testimony changed in that uh, it was much more rational reasons for the attack of September 11th rather than religious ones, and secondly, you point out in the book, that the aging process was reversed. Rather than getting older and sicker, he was getting younger and healthier. It certainly seemed that way. And there was one other factor. You know, in all his speeches, he talks in Arabic because he's addressing the Arabic world, so it makes sense. But Osama bin Laden, from all reports, could speak impeccable English. He was very well educated. And interviews have been done with him in English, and reporters have said he had impeccable English. Um, In this case, uh, the bin Laden figure is addressing the American public. 
why would he not have spoken English if he had impeccable English? It would have been much more persuasive. Uh, and yet this guy speaks in Arabic just like uh, the others. You know, and, and I'm not the only one who believes that this tape was uh, made to benefit Bush. Walter Cronkite even said, I suspect Karl Rove had something to do with this tape. And people at the CIA, Ron Seskin has reported, uh, all agreed that this tape was designed to assist Bush. Uh, one person said that, and evidently everybody around the table nodded in agreement. Well, why in the world would have the real Osama bin Laden wanted to put out a tape to help George Bush? On September 16th, 2001, which is just a few days after the events of September 11th, Osama bin Laden told Al Jazeera, quote, I stress that I have not carried out this act, which appears to have been carried out by individuals with their own motivation. This is not the only denial made by bin Laden, is it? No, no. He, he had regularly denied uh, that he had anything to do with it. Uh, he had... He had the opportunity to claim credit for it on uh, messages that came out September 12th, September 16th, 17th, and the 28th. And on those days, he denied it. And also then on October 7th and November 3rd, he had further messages where he could have taken credit. He didn't. About a November 9th, 2001 video that the government claimed was found by U.S. forces in an Afghanistan home, President George W. Bush had this to say, quote, for those who see this tape, they'll realize that not only is Osama bin Laden guilty of incredible murder, he has no conscience and no soul. This was quite famous because the U.S. military supposedly found this Osama bin Laden videotape there in a in a home in, in Afghanistan. Could you describe this November 9th video? Yes. Uh, first, let me put it in context. This was still a period when there had been no proof that bin Laden was responsible for 9-11. Colin Powell had promised to, to do a paper giving proof and then had to back down from that. Tony Blair then had uh, taken over the task and come up with a report that said bin Laden was responsible. But then he had to admit that this is not meant to be evidence that would stand up in a court of law. And the BBC picked that up and said, you know, this is not real evidence. We don't have any real evidence that Osama bin Laden is responsible. Well, then in October... A video apparently appeared that was reported November 11th in the Telegraph, and the heading was Osama bin Laden, yes, I did it. But this was very strange. They claimed that they had this video, that they had seen it, but nobody ever produced it. They just uh, gave some quotations that suggested bin Laden was guilty, but never produced the video. And, of course, that wasn't very convincing. And, David, to clarify, this October video, this is the one that is referred to as the confessional video, and it was never produced, right? Yeah, that was the British confessional uh, video. But they they made a presentation on it, 
reported on it November 11th and then said there was going to be a presentation of it on November 14th. But when November 14th came, Tony Blair said, well, I don't have a copy, (laughs) so we'll put some quotations on the website. So that was that. So it was in that context that it was necessary to come up with some proof that Osama bin Laden really was responsible for 9-11 because um, we were attacking Afghanistan. The uh, Taliban had said to Bush, uh, we'll turn over bin Laden to you, just give us some proof that he was responsible. And the Bush administration refused to, to provide any evidence. So in that context then, a videotape was released on December 13th, Uh, We don't know when it was made, except that uh, the military told us that there was a date on it of uh, November 9th. Well, this is sometimes called, uh, yeah, the confessional video or the boasting bin Laden video. The apparent uh, situation is that uh, they did find it in a home in Jalalabad, and that it shows Osama bin Laden talking to a visiting sheikh. And in the course of the conversation, he tells the sheikh, uh, yes, he had planned the attacks, and that um, he was quite pleased with them. They, they came out better than he had expected. He didn't know the buildings would go all the way to the ground. He just thought some of the upper floors would collapsed, and he talked about the brothers, the hijackers. Now, uh, to put this in the framework of these uh, previous messages from bin Laden, where he did not take credit for 9-11, and in fact uh, denied it, in his video of September 28th, he had said, I am not responsible for 9-11 as a Muslim, I make a point not to kill women and children and other innocents, and the people in the World Trade Center were innocents, and I would not lie about this because of the Muslim. I make it a point not to lie. Well, then, all of a sudden, here's this uh, video that's reportedly made shortly thereafter, and... Uh, Suddenly, he's saying, yes, he did. And then as to the motivation, why in the world would have bin Laden confessed while videotape was running, which he would have had to know would would get out? Well, the claim was um, this was going to build up al-Qaeda because al-Qaeda, if it became well known in the Muslim world that they were the ones who pulled off the 9-11 attacks, they were the ones who had successfully attacked the great Satan and so on. It would help recruiting. Well, indeed, it did. The idea that Osama bin Laden was responsible did help recruiting for al-Qaeda enormously. But if bin Laden was going to go public and reveal this, why would he just shortly before that put out a video saying, I didn't do it, I wouldn't kill innocent people, like we're in the World Trade Center. And as a Muslim, I make it a point not to lie. It just doesn't make any sense. There are many other reasons to doubt the authenticity of this, but that's one of them. I'm speaking with author and theologian Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show, Osama bin Laden, Dead or Alive? 
I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. Well, you also mention in your book, you list a lot of uh, reasons in the book why this November 2001 uh, so-called boasting video is a fake. You also point out that Osama bin Laden's appearance in the video is too dark, too heavy, too healthy, and right-handed when Osama bin Laden uh, was left-handed. That's right. That's one of the things we know for sure about him. And yet, in this video, um, he writes for a few seconds uh, with a pen, and he writes with his right hand. Now, some people have claimed, well, he, he had had a stroke, and so his left arm was immobile, so that's why he wrote with his right hand. But in the video, <laughs> there's no sign that he had a stroke. He lifts his left arm above his head quite easily. Also, his uh, nose has quite a different shape than the, uh, the real bin Laden. And the real bin Laden had rather long, fine hands and fingers, uh, like, a, like a violinist or piano player. And this bin Laden has rather short, heavy hands. So there are many reasons to challenge it. Another has to do with the content of what he said. He simply said several things that the real bin Laden, had he been responsible for 9-11, wouldn't have said. For example, he said, well, that he was pretty sure that the fire would melt the iron. And so that's why some of the top floors would have collapsed. Well, as a, as a construction engineer, Osama bin Laden would have known that office fires would not melt iron. Furthermore, he would have known these were steel frame buildings, not iron framed. So I doubt that he would have said iron. But the more important point is he would have known fire couldn't have melted either iron or steel. Secondly, he claimed, he said, well, you know, the brothers didn't know the details. They didn't know anything until just the last minute. And yet, part of the official story is a video that shows the al-Qaeda hijackers looking at maps to get the GPS coordinates. Well, that means they had to know the targets in advance, you know, assuming the truth of the story. And thirdly, he said the pilots and the others, the others being the so-called muscle hijackers, didn't mingle with each other. But according to the official story, they did. They mingled with each other in Florida and New Jersey and so on. So there are just all sorts of things that the real bin Laden would not have said had he been responsible for 9-11. Well, in this context of uh, these two fake videos in late 2001, the one in October that was never produced, and then this one in November that was produced, in your second chapter, two fake bin Laden videos in 2001, you quote a November 11th 2001 article in the London Telegraph, quote, emergency powers to imprison suspected international terrorists 
indefinitely using special closed courts will be announced this week. The measure, which will require exemption from human rights legislation, will be used to round up about 20 suspects hiding in Britain beyond the reach of existing laws. So it sounds like in Britain they wasted no time in changing legislation to go after people based on these fake videos. That's right. And in this case, an alleged fake video that they didn't even produce. So this is one more example of the fact that these uh, videos um, and audio tapes had a habit of showing up just at the time when either this would be helpful to the uh, Bush administration or to the uh, Blair administration. Yes, in your book, Osama Bin Laden, Dead or Alive, you have a whole chapter on the timing of videos and audio tapes and show the benefit to uh, the powers that be in the timing of the release of this stuff. Yes, it happened too often to be just a coincidence. So the the October surprise video uh, is the clearest example of this, this uh, alleged fake video in England is another good example, but there are several more where whenever it would be convenient to have a bin Laden video show up, uh, they show up. So this is one reason to suggest that these were not made by enemies of uh, the Bush administration and the whole British-American war on terror, but uh, by its friends. Um, another intelligence, former intelligence officer who had said bin Laden is dead, this fellow is named Angelo Cotavilla. I assume that's how to pronounce it. Maybe it's Cotavilla. He's a uh, professor of international law at Boston University. He's also a senior editor of the American Spectator, which is a conservative uh, magazine. And he had written an article called uh, Osama bin Elvis. And uh, he said in this that uh, we have more reason to believe that Elvis is still with us than that bin Laden is. Well, you mentioned former Pakistani President uh, Pervez Musharraf. Now, isn't it true that early on, Musharraf said that he believed that Osama bin Laden was dead, and it was only later that he then began to say he didn't know where he was. That's right. So he was one of the people who, back in 2002, said he thought he was probably dead. Um, It could be that somebody got to him in the meantime when it had become uh, important to keep uh, Osama alive. That's what it uh, that's what it looks like. You mentioned in your book that according to U.S. intelligence, Osama bin Laden would have needed kidney dialysis every three days. And in addition to that, you quote a medical expert that talks about how severe renal failure really is and what's required, even with a mobile dialysis machine, to actually be effective. I mean, you need electricity, clean water, you need experts on hand to do this, and Osama bin Laden was living in a, in a cave in Tora Bora, right? That's right. So that um, even if he had a dialysis machine, it would have been very difficult to keep him alive in, in those uh, circumstances. 
And, you know, the, the kidney failure may have been so far advanced by then that uh, even if he'd been in a hospital, it would have been difficult to, you know, you can't keep people alive indefinitely. So, you know, all these things people can speculate about, but uh, the important point is that we've got a lot, a lot, a lot of evidence that he's dead, that he died at that time, and... Uh, that therefore, if that's true, then all these uh, videotapes, audio tapes, I haven't even counted them up. I didn't try to deal with every single one that has appeared, but dozens of them have appeared. And uh, I dealt with the ones that seemed to be the most important ones, the ones that the press had lifted up um, as strong evidence that uh, bin Laden was still alive. And uh, that's quite a group. So this means that uh, someone has been fabricating uh, these videos. Is the technology readily available to fake audio and videos? Is that technology available? I mean, is it possible technologically to fake all of this stuff? Uh, yes, and it has been for for several years. There was a... Um, report in the Washington Post back in 1999 about an experiment, a demonstration of uh, the technology of video morphing and audio morphing. Uh, We know from the, the movies that you can't believe everything you see given this technology. So, as this reporter pointed out, no longer is seeing believing. You know, we used to say, well, seeing's believing. He says, well, no longer is that the case. But then he went on to say, no longer is hearing, because uh, the voices can also be morphed to perfection. So, you can manipulate the faces so that the facial gestures, the mouth shape, will match the words that you want uh, the person to be saying. So it is extremely difficult for anyone but an expert, and in some cases, if it's done really well, even for an expert to tell for sure whether something is authentic or has been uh, faked. It's kind of technical stuff, and but I spend several pages on it um, in the book to explain that this is something reporters simply have failed to get up to date with, even though this was possible already in 1999. They treat these things as if, um, you know, if it's really Bin Laden's voice, then it's really Bin Laden. I would say the other main implication of the fact that uh, Bin Laden is dead, if he is, that not only do we not have that pretext for continuing the war, and expanding it into Pakistan. You see, that's what they keep saying. Oh, they said, oh, well, we're convinced that he's hiding somewhere along the Afghan-Pakistan border, probably within Pakistan. So that provides the pretext there for, for going into that area. So we would get rid of that pretext. But likewise, the other thing that is equally important, at least, is if somebody has been and if it's our own military intelligence that has been fabricating these videos, uh, that is extremely serious. I'm speaking with author and theologian Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show, Osama bin Laden, Dead or Alive? I'm Bonnie Faulkner, 
This is Guns and Butter. As you've pointed out, the evidence pointing to bin Laden's death in late 2001 is is massive, and it's impossible here to go over all of it. I just would like to mention that you do point out in your book uh, that uh, bin Laden's bodyguards were not with him when they were captured and subsequently sent to Guantanamo, so they weren't with him. That's right, and this was reported by both uh, Barbara Starr and Kelly Arena of CNN. I mean, that was the headline, that... uh, uh, bin Laden's bodyguards uh, weren't with him. So if they weren't with him, you know, the job of a bodyguard is to stay with the body you're supposed to be guarding. And uh, so that provided additional evidence that uh, that he had died by then. And we had other reports. Um, I mean, there was a major story in uh, a French publication called uh, Politique Internationale, by uh, Amir Tahiri that was translated and published in the New York Times on July 11, 2002. And this story stated in the strongest possible terms that bin Laden was dead. So it appears at that time that the New York Times, if it didn't endorse that conclusion, at least thought it was credible enough to give a significant amount of space in its newspaper, too. And then again, what about the four points made by journalist Declan Walsh in the London Guardian? You list four points. The first one was that CIA analyst Michael Schur said that there had been no information on bin Laden's location since Tora Bora. And also that a 1998 Peshawar journalist interviewing bin Laden said he drank copious amounts of water and green tea, indicating kidney disease. And that was in the 90s. Actually, this journalist pointed out that there had been no takers on the $25 million bounty on bin Laden. And then, uh, fourthly, that the CIA shut down the bin Laden unit. Yeah, this one was particularly interesting uh, because this Walsh, a uh, British reporter for The, for the Guardian, um, he still accepted the idea that bin Laden was still alive, and yet he reported all this evidence that uh, counted strongly uh, for uh, the opposite uh, conclusion. And let me pick up that point about the uh, $25 million bounty. That's a lot of incentive. This idea that here's bin Laden somehow hiding or being hid uh, by people. First of all, this is a very tall man. Uh, so unless his disguise involved chopping about four uh, inches off of his legs, um, he would stand out. And the idea that, that he could somehow hide in some place where nobody would know or nobody who might turn him in, Walsh himself reported that 51% of Pakistanis support bin Laden, which implies that, you know, 49% don't. And of all those very poor Pakistanis who could get a chance at a $25 million reward for giving, you know, the CIA or the American military or the British military or the British intelligence information that would lead them to capture bin Laden, um, that's beyond belief that 100% of the people who would know where bin Laden was uh, would refuse to turn him in for a $25 million reward. 
So as you go through it, you see the evidence just gets stronger and stronger and more and more cumulative that the fellow is dead and has been dead for a very long time, and that therefore, as Israeli intelligence uh, predicted, if videos start appearing, this means they're fabrications. Could you describe the September 6th, 2007 video and the fake black beard? There was quite much made of this one. Oh, this is pretty uh, amazing because, um, as I had reported earlier in the book, with these progressively later uh, bin Laden videos of the authentic ones, his beard was getting grayer and grayer, whiter and whiter. And then all of a sudden, in 2007, he's got a perfectly black beard. (laughs) And... uh, the way people fell all over themselves trying to make up excuses for why this would be, even Richard Clark made up an excuse saying, well, you know, he's probably in some southern Muslim country, so, you know, no longer on the Afghan-Pakistan border, in some southern Muslim country where the men don't wear beards. So he had shaved his beard off, uh, but then, uh, when he was going to make the video, he put his beard on. Well, can you imagine that if Bin Laden was still there, you know, and had his handlers, and that he had shaved off his beard, and then they were going to put a beard on him, they couldn't have gone out and found him a gray beard, the one that would look a little more authentic <laughs> than one that would be so obviously fake. Well, this one just produced um, ridicule, and in one of my notes, I point out that um, there's a YouTube video where a guy comes on with a very long, very black beard and says, Hello, long time no see. It is me, Osama bin Laden, and no, this is not to be confused with just for men, hair color commercial. I make this video to prove to world that me still alive and kicking. Well, that's the level to which these uh, these things have descended and that our news reporting has descended, that you would get such a, a ridiculous video and yet our uh, mainstream media would still pretend like, uh, oh, yeah, that was really Osama bin Laden. The fake bin Laden videos reach levels of absurdity, the fake beard, etc. Is the public supposed to see through this? Um, That is to say, does the government not care if the public knows these videos are false? Well, it's hard to know what's what's going on, Uh, why anyone would make such an obviously fake video. You know, there's so many questions, but these have kept coming during the Obama administration. So, you know, we've had two or three more churned out. They're still helping the military effort. One person even said the other day, uh, some high U.S. official, there has never been a fake bin Laden video. So even this one with the black beard, even the one where he's got obviously shorter fingers, Even the 2004 video, where he's obviously got what bin Laden would have considered a heretical 
theology that says our security is in our own hands, and he never mentions the Prophet Muhammad once. Uh, this guy was in effect saying, oh yeah, all of those are, are authentic. So, um, again, uh, we've got an enormous amount of cumulative evidence uh, that he's dead. And again, this raises the question, well, if he is, then who is putting out these videos that uh, try to make it appear that he's still alive? And, uh, and uh, you know, what is the motivation for this? I, I begin the book uh, with my quotation from uh, Robert Baer, saying, of course he's dead. But I also finished the book with uh, another quotation from Baer, uh, which did speak to this question of motivation behind uh, the fabrication of these tapes. He said, uh, besides his statement, that, uh, that this could be an eternal war if we think we're over there to get bin Laden. And he said, I believe there's a vast industry of contractors, corporations, and pundits who need bin Laden alive, all of them eating at the trough. Since the war in Afghanistan is escalating, I'd like to cite a statement from your speech last year, Did Muslims Attack the United States of America on September 11th? You cited an incredible statistic that over 7 million people had died in Afghanistan as a direct result of the American invasion in 2001. Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Where did you hear that? Yeah, this shocks a lot of people, and, and they think, oh, that's obviously wrong, that it was only, you know, only a million people. Uh, this comes from a fellow named Gideon Polya, who is an expert on these matters, and has tracked very carefully the death in Afghanistan and Iraq, and said they're much higher than official reports let on. Now, he's not saying that American troops killed this many people. He's saying that as a result of the invasion and the resulting shortage of uh, food and water and various things from all the factors, then something close to uh, 7 million people, he concluded, have uh, been killed. Well, let's say he's off by a few million. Let's say it's only... Three, you know, three and a half million. This means that we are responsible for uh, an enormous uh, carnage there and uh, just destroying so many families. And I've been reading reports recently uh, that suggest that the, the press is doing virtually the same thing the press did with uh, Vietnam, accepting the spin that the people there love us and uh, see us as liberators and want us to get rid of the Taliban and and so on, and that the truth is uh, exactly the opposite, that uh, because we are killing uh, so many of their people through these various means and uh, continuing to occupy their country and simply fly our planes, our drones, at will and attack wedding parties, um, killing dozens of women and children rather regularly. You know, wouldn't we want an occupier out of our country? Of course they want us out of there. So let's say Polya is wrong and it's only three and a half million. 
um, we've been responsible for enough deaths. So if my little book, and it is a little book, which you can read in an afternoon, if my little book could contribute to bringing a cessation to this madness, uh, I would be very pleased. David Ray Griffin, thank you very much. Thank you, Bonnie. I've been speaking with Dr. David Ray Griffin. Today's show has been Osama Bin Laden, Dead or Alive? David Ray Griffin, Emeritus Professor of Philosophy of Religion and Theology at the Claremont School of Theology, has published over 30 books and 150 articles. He has written eight books on the subject of 9-11, including The New Pearl Harbor Revisited and his latest, Osama Bin Laden, Dead or Alive? He is currently writing a book on the new NIST report and Building 7, titled Mysterious Collapse, due out early fall of 2009. Dr. Griffin's books on 9-11 are available at www.911truth.org. That's the numbers 911truth.org. Today's program with Dr. Griffin was co-produced by Todd Fletcher. Guns and Butter is produced and edited by Bonnie Faulkner and Yaro Mako. To make comments or order copies of shows, email us at blfaulkner at yahoo.com. That's B-L-F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R at yahoo.com. Or call 510-848-6767, extension 628. Yo, these are some serious times that we live in, G. And our new world order is about to begin. You know what I'm saying? Now the question are you ready for the real revolution, which is the evolution of the mind? If you seek, then you shall find that we all come from the divine. You dig what I'm saying? Now, if you take heed to the words of wisdom that are written on the walls of life, then universally we will stand and divided we will fall because love conquers all. You understand what I'm saying? This is a call for all you sleeping souls. Wake up and take control of your own cipher. And be on the lookout for the spirit sniper trying to steal your life. You know what I'm saying? Look with inside yourself for peace. Give thanks, live life, and release. You dig me? 